Hi there, this is Donna Bordeaux with Campground Accounting, and you're listening to Campground Compass, the show dedicated to campground owners in an entrepreneurial mindset who seek to grow and expand in the wild and wonderful world of business. Hello and welcome to Campground Compass. I am your host, Donna Bordeaux. And your co-host, Zach Bordeaux, here with some more industry knowledge. Wonderful. We have a great episode planned for you today. We are going to tell you about the top 10 things that every RVer wants from a campground. Yep. So we have compiled a list of our top amenities, our top just overall things that as an RVer we want to see from your campground. Um, and we've compiled that list, and we're going to go over all the topics today, and we'll see what we can find. Yeah, and these a lot of these come from uh, other people as well, but as experienced travelers, we run into these all the time. So they definitely ring some bells even with us as fellow RVers too. <laughs> yep, so we've been camping since, what, uh, around 2012, 2013, yeah. probably about 10, 10 years or yeah. so. Um, and we have been doing, uh, or traveling all over the world. Uh, we have been, let's see, our first trip was Yellowstone and then we, w- our first big right. trip, we went to, oh, where, Ohio or somewhere yep. before that. Hershey. Um, and then we went to Yellowstone in 2014. What, uh, what did you do 2015? Um, Maine? Uh, no, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was Maine and up there. New England. We've done all the coasts. and uh, We did California. I know it was, we did it in 2018. Yeah. We did, um, uh, I don't know, we've we've been a lot of places. 39 states um, down. Just recently. Oh, you yep. gotta get 39 more. states we've camped in, uh, including Hawaii. Exactly. We did go RV in Hawaii. We rented an RV over yep. there. Um, so we are well-traveled. We've experienced the campground. Uh, that's kind of hopefully how we're going to bring you some value today. Um, hearing from your guests, this is almost like a almost like a case study where you're going to look at what guests really want, um, and we're going to tell you straight up. Uh, if a process sucks, we're going to tell you. Yeah. So let's get right and into it. One other thing I'll mention: we've experienced this in all different forms too. So we had a pop up, we've had two travel trailers, and we have a class A. <laughs> so all of those go to different places. We've been in state parks. We've been in private um, private parks. We've been in resort parks. Um, the whole whole gamut. So these apply yep. to all of those. So let's dive in. All of the above. <laughs> yep. Let's first talk about the site. Yep. I mean, that's the first thing. Yep. So when you think of a campground, um, you know, the you what you really think of is where you're going to park your camper. Your site, it should be paved. Uh, that's a big thing that we see. Uh, a lot of people want paved sites just because it's nice to have a paved site. Uh, but another uh, specific that I've heard that a lot of people wish for and that we also like is the extension of paving uh, like underneath the awning. So not just where you park the RV, but the site is not just where you park the RV. The site is the whole area. Uh, where you get to stay, where it's your spot. So add a little bit of concrete there over the, the awning, and RVers will appreciate that. Uh, the next thing, uh, spacing. Spacing is a big yeah. thing. 
Nobody wants to be um, packed on top of each other. Yep, yep. And get some uh, get some stuff to put in between the sites just to give you some privacy. And it makes the space... Honestly, the spacing will seem bigger if you put some sort of vegetation or something right. in between it. Um, and so, and really, yeah. you know, I know we're camping, but not everybody wants to be right on top of each other. Um, so having that extra little buffer between you, even if you are closer together, will make you feel like you have at least a little privacy, a little space, um, and give you that little buffer, no matter how big, whether it's some fencing, probably not fencing in most cases, but sometimes fencing, but some shrubs, um, some you know little trees things that just give you a little mm-hmm. room but um, even some pavers yeah, on the ground yeah. help to divide the sites uh, you know you wouldn't think that that would help very much but it definitely does because yeah. it gives you almost like a little wall there right. it's an invisible wall but it's still right. a wall it's, <laughs> it's kind of like the cubicle so. effect in corporate america they mm-hmm. don't just want to put a whole room full of desks if we get a little wall a little cubicle going part way up you at least have your space. Yeah. All right. So uh, another thing is try to keep the sites level. Yeah. A lot of the times, I know we've been to a lot of parks where, uh, you know, it's a pain to level. So yeah. going back to the pop-up, you have the little, the what's that thing called? The It's a square automatic leveler. You can use like a yeah. big long leveler too, but we had the nice cool automatic level where you press yeah. the button and then it beeps real loud at but you but you still gotta put but that was not fun and yeah go you ahead. gotta you know chalk your tires you gotta bring blocks yeah. for the little stabilizers to sit on um yeah so that thing wasn't very fun <laughs> in the least um the rv however you have the button that you press in the rv and it'll automatically level right. it so um even though we have that though We've had a few experiences where it just isn't it just won't yeah. level. You got to put down blocks because the sites just are like sitting at an yeah. angle. And so that's never fun. We have fun. friends who have an RV that is kind of picky about the leveling and they have a full wall slide. So if they are not just like absolutely level, that slide gets out of whack a little. It won't even open. So leveling yeah. is, you can't underestimate that enough. And, and I know that a lot of people tried in the older times to not make their sites level because they didn't want to have to deal with drainage issues. And so they would t- mm-hmm. try to tilt the site a little forward, a little backward. If, if at all possible, don't do that. And this, again, goes back to if you have dirt sites, uh, it's going to be harder if you have gravel sites, it's going to be harder because the gravel is going to shift. But if you have a paved concrete site or pavers, um, that makes life a whole lot easier. And I know that's a lot more expensive, but if you're asking what RVers want, they want paved sites. Yeah, yep, yep. So the paved sites, they're, they're a nice amenity to have, uh, you know, a lot of times we go to places that have gravel sites, and it's all right. Gravel sites are all right. We've stayed at plenty of really nice gravel sites, but uh, the all, a lot of the really nice resorts have paved sites and that are very level. Uh, a lot of the times the dirt sites, they are terrible at leveling. Right. I don't remember where we were, but I remember we had to move sites at one place, like three different places. Yeah, We had to move to like three different sites at one place um, because 
just wasn't yeah. level. Uh, but a big thing is to have uh, another big thing: make it big rig friendly and make it a make more pull through sites. People don't want to have to back in yeah. anymore. After you've experienced pull-through sites, nobody wants to back. And remember that the paved sites or the pull-through sites, you can charge more. People are willing to pay Mm -hmm. more for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So get some more money there. Um, Get some some pull-through sites. Um, Another big thing to have at your your site is, you know, site-specific amenities such as fire pits, picnic tables, that kind of stuff, Um, a place to eat. A place to have a campfire, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a place even like a lot of the nicer parks have, you know, sometimes they'll have a pavilion at a site or they'll have uh, a little fenced in dog area. Some of the really nice parks have hot tubs on each site or, um, you know, little pools that they have that are site specific. So obviously you don't have to go that big, but. Make sure you have a nice, clean fire pit, a nice, clean uh, picnic table, and just a nice, clean site overall. Yeah, and a lot of the times people overlook and they say, well, again, like with the paved sites, I can't afford to pave all my sites. All right, don't pave all of them. Pave two. Um, the same with the amenities. Maybe you have, KOA is a great example. They took this and added in their premium sites, their patio sites where they have their KOA-specific patio set up. Uh, take a couple of sites and upgrade them. And use those as upgraded sites. Use the extra money that you get from the upgraded sites to create more upgraded sites. Uh, great way mm-hmm. to finance a lot of upgrades and make your guests even happier. Yep. And if you can get more rent per night, although it sounds like it might be a lot of money to put in, you know, picnic tables or fire pits at all these sites the amount of more money that it will bring or even paving sites the the amount of money that will bring you in over the long term will be a lot better uh for your business yeah, it will increase your value Give you a lot too. more money so another thing that you can put at every site that we have been to a few that have at every site is wi-fi that's a really nice feature to have at every site. Um, you know, a lot of people don't think of that, but uh, especially a lot of the uh, older campground owners, they don't think of Wi-Fi as much of an amenity, but it definitely is. Yeah. Um, your target market is going to be the people who are going to need Wi-Fi because they're going to be working mm-hmm. uh, from their camper, and that's how they're going to make money. Typically, that's going to be your target market, um, and they're going to want Wi-Fi. Also, kids, whether you like it or not, are more inclined to play on their phones and you know play video games in their campers. Now, it's just the way the world works. So they want good Wi-Fi, too. Um, everybody wants good Wi-Fi. And also, those kids may it's be doing homework. It's just a general thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And online With virtual classes. schools. Yeah. So one thing they talked about, like even specifically like for tomorrow they might have a virtual class because of the hurricane that's coming um so if they have virtual classes tomorrow i got a three-day weekend which is great so i might want to go out of town and go camping if i want to go camping 
I need Wi-Fi to get my virtual classes right. done. It's just, it's just simple. Yeah. But it's the things that you might not think of that can definitely do you a lot of good. Uh, you know, a lot of times we look at the, we've made videos and stuff on the Campground Accounting YouTube channel about having Wi-Fi in like one central area, like having a clubhouse with Wi-Fi. That's always good too. Uh, but more more on sites, uh, you know, hookups are the other big thing yeah. that we see with utilities. Um, we got like sewer, water, electric, cable, that kind of stuff. Let's break those down oh, just a little important. bit because, you know, just because you have water and you have electric isn't the best way to do it. Let's make sure we qualify what we mean by just having those. Um in electric situations, I've seen a lot of places where they have 50 amp service, or but if they have 10 people on that same 50 amp service, that whole connection may not be big enough to handle all that load, and it may mess with everybody's uh, electric. Or if one rig comes in and has three air conditioners, do, do their neighbors get a brownout because they can't get enough energy going through there? So with today's rigs, they demand a lot more power. So make sure your utility service is upgraded enough to handle this. Also, you run the risk that if you are damaging somebody's coach, um, I see I see people list all the time, and some of these, we don't know if they're founded or unfounded claims, but they'll say, we were plugged in at this park, and it damaged my rig because they had... Um, surging electric. The circuitry didn't handle what we needed. You don't want those headaches. Um, and nowadays you really need to have a good solid electrical base in your park. So that put that on your list of improvements if you are in need of upgrade there. 30 amp service is not enough for people anymore. They don't even make campers that use 30 amp service much. So Mm-hmm. Um, make sure yep. you're able to handle that. Um, and and right along with that, with the water. Okay, water is not just having water. It's having the right water. So clean water, first off, that's a given. Um, we've been to two campgrounds recently that had muddy water um, running through their pipes. So That is a big yeah, turn Yeah, that's not... Did not make me happy when I opened up to get some ice out in the morning and the ice was yellow. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that does not leave a good taste in your mouth. Literally, <laughs> literally. and and having the right pressure. Yep. So yeah, water pressure. You know, when you shower, nobody wants a little weak water pressure. They want good good water pressure. Same thing with washing your hands yeah. with. Anything that involves water, they want to have good water pressure. Um, And it's another simple thing that, you know, you would think would be kind of common knowledge, but it's not. Uh, A lot of the times they don't look at that stuff. And so just go and have a a little look up at your water. And also, if you are one of those parks with high water pressure and you tell everybody to have their water pressure uh, gauge with them, the regulator to put on their hose... If you don't, if you have somebody come in who doesn't have one, sell them one or give them one on a deposit. Um, I know I've left en- enough of them at different campgrounds because we forget to take them off. 
Uh, you sh- there's a lot of campgrounds should have some spares laying around. <laughs> Take that for me from last yeah. week. <laughs> I just have it on speed dial with Amazon to order a new one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So make yeah. sure you have some of those so, to provide yeah. or sell to people if you have that high pressure situation. Yeah, and you know the other thing that uh, do we look at a lot is not just water, but the uh, like the electric and uh, the electric like poles, like where they're placed. Yeah. A lot of the times they're placed in weird spots. Same with the water poles, and same with the sewer. Um, what are those the, things called? The drainage, the sewer drainage. Drainage system. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all are smart. Y'all are <laughs> RV owners. Y'all know more than me. I'll admit it. Uh, but watch the placement of those. Don't put them too far up. Don't put them too far back in a site. Gauge where they should be based on the size of an RV. Uh, make sure that they're not too far away from the site. Make sure they're not too close from the site. Uh, make sure that the, the sewer connection, make sure that it sits pretty close to the ground. Because <laughs> there's this crazy thing that... I don't know if it's going to stick around, and it's not called the interwebs. That's usually where I make that joke, but it's called gravity. <laughs> and sewer, you know, it's a, it's a crazy theory, but it doesn't flow uphill. We it actually flows it <laughs> the way of gravity. Yeah, yeah, we don't want it to flow uphill. So make sure that your sewer connection is not just sitting like a foot above the ground. Please yeah, do that. There's, yeah, we've been to some yeah. parks where it's pretty crazy that, you're going to run that sewer downhill. And, and I think some of it actually has to do with state regulations and like DHEC, uh, Department of Health regulations. And some of these, they're making it lift up, especially areas that are prone to flood. So you've got to make your sewage and your black water and gray water both go downhill and come back uphill to go down into the drain. So kind of weird, but yeah. that is a big pet peeve. Every time we get to a park that has that, I hear it. I don't yeah. hook up the sewer, but my husband does. And when Chad sees that, he's like, oh, man, <laughs> why they got to do that? <laughs> yeah. So just just look at it. Just look at some of your stuff. Uh, you know, the little things are what you, the whole episode here is just going to be kind of the little things. Things that you can do to improve your campground. Things that are turnoffs for campgrounds. That's kind of going to be this whole episode. But look at the little things around the site and the utilities. Um, and see if there's anything you can do to just fresh it up and a little bit. And make it more up to let's par. Let's add one more thing with the sewer. Um, another complaint that we see often or have experienced is there is nothing worse than pulling into your nice little site and you get your dinner cooking. And your neighbor comes out and drains their black tank. And their sewage is right next to my picnic table. (laughs) So, again, we talk about the buffers. Um, Maybe that might be an area you want to put a few little shrubs or a buffer of some such. Uh, Nobody really wants their picnic table right next to the next door neighbor's sewer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Uh, you know, especially at some of the bigger parks we go to, like by the beach, like Ocean Lakes, and some of those that are, they don't have a lot of space, they're tighter, they have that problem pretty bad. Um, And that's, you know, sometimes it's not an easy fix, but even just putting some shrubs there, 
it's going to help yeah. out a lot. Uh, but, you know, speaking of sewer, <laughs> our dog recently, this is this is kind of a transition, but it's also kind of just like a story time. I need my little story time button right now. But our dog recently, he will go outside and he'll poop outside and then he'll go eat it. <laughs> or if you let him outside, he'll go outside and poop and then he'll eat it. Then, or if he's inside, he'll just poop everywhere and then eat it. So yeah, that's common amongst dogs. If anyone has any dog advice, a good issue. <laughs> please please shoot it our way, because uh, it's it's not not an ideal scenario right. to say the least. But we so, love him nonetheless. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Anyways, let's talk about dogs and dogs and more dogs. Because who doesn't love dogs and other pets yeah. too? You know, uh, it's not very often that you see somebody walking their pet alligator through a campground, but I'm sure it's probably happened before at some yeah. point. Uh, so dog parks. Yeah, as as much as you can add dog parks. As much as we hear, um, I hear from the campground owner side a lot of issues and uh, worries about different breeds of dogs or so-and-so has their dog unattended or they left them in the RV and they're barking or they got loose and ran after somebody. Um, there are a lot of complaints I hear from owners about dogs. Um, and some from guests too. Um, but for the most part, you know, we hear the complaints, but we don't hear about the 90% of people who have pleasant dogs, happy dogs, travel with their dogs every day. So we have to make a good scenario. And we are one of those people, or multiple people. We have two dogs. They travel with us everywhere we go. And if you tell me my dog's not welcome, I consider that I'm not welcome. So. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a, that's a big turnoff for us because it's like, what are you going to do with the dogs? You're not going to, obviously, you're not going to put them in a kennel. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're gonna go outside although fido he'd still poop inside but dixie wants to go outside that's we have fido and dixie if you don't know about the whole dogs and everything go to campground accounting or youtube.com slash campground accounting watch the who we are video to kind of explain yeah. more of who we are uh, but there's some a little segment in there on the dogs that you might yeah. like um but a few f- quick things on dogs um, and we're going to do a whole episode on this, so we won't go super in-depth. But bag stations, make sure your bag stations are there. Make sure they're yes. filled. And make sure they're in proper areas. Don't just put them put you know, one in, in the weird spots. <laughs> yeah, put them, all, put them all over so that they can actually be used. Yeah. Um, you know, pet check-ins. That's another easy way to make money on the side if you want to do, like, a pet check-in. Yeah. Where if somebody's going, I know at Disney they did this. Uh, whenever you go to Disney, you can write on there, write them an email, or I don't know how you did it. You went up to yeah, the office, check in. gave them your keys or something, and they'll go and they'll go walk your dog for a few minutes every hour or two, and uh, they'll check in on the dog and make sure the dog's okay while you're gone all day. Um, this is really good if you're near like a big city where there might be conferences, um, or anywhere where there might be conferences or might be something going on. Um, also over like if you I know there's a lot of parks that we stay at they're like an hour away from like a national park mm-hmm. uh, or have something to do like an hour away so it's a lot of work to drive an hour 
and then you only have an hour to do something there, and you got to come back to let the dogs out. You know, so and even if you don't so, want to do it, get a local dog sitter and see if they're interested yeah. in doing it. Even even put flyers, put flyers around that say, uh, if you can find a dog sitter, let them put flyers around to hand them out in like a welcome guide or something at the beginning yeah. of the uh, beginning of the stay. Uh, and also the other thing is dog washes. Um, yeah, that's become dog popular. washes are really nice to have, especially if you're in like the mountains or somewhere where there's a lot of mud. Or the beach. Um, or the beach. That's really nice too, where the dogs get wet and they get dirty, <laughs> and they're kind of nasty. Uh, make sure that you have a dog wash or some way to wash the dogs. It doesn't have to be a big old shower room with a dog wash like we've seen at some places, which are very nice, mm-hmm. but. Um, but a nice little dog wash never hurt anybody. Too. It's a nominal yeah. fee. Yeah. Yeah, and if you do charge for them, one little thing that is a little bit of a pet peeve is, you know, laundry and stuff. When you go in there and they are operated by, like, nickels <laughs> or quarters, put a credit card reader on there. It can't be that yeah. hard, right? I would think. I know that the laundry machines. We've seen plenty of them that have uh, the capabilities to to uh, take a card. Mm. So I'm sure that your dog wash can also take yeah. a card. Or some of them even. I think uh, one place they had a token. You could buy the token, and then you just put that one token yeah. in the dog wash uh, booth or whatever it was, and that. It yeah. worked instead of having to use coins. Yeah. So um, that kind of transitions us into the next se- section um, where we're going to talk about some of the facilities. Uh, laundry rooms. Again, we've seen uh, at Buena Vista RV was a good example of this, which we did a whole episode on that. I think episode two of the podcast, yeah, maybe two. three. Uh, two, uh, where we talked about laundry rooms and we looked at they have laundry rooms where you have an app. You download the app on your phone, and then you scan the QR code on the laundry machine. And the uh, laundry machine will tell you when your clothes are done. You can pay through the app. Mm-hmm. You can also – there's a credit card machine and an Apple Pay on the laundry machine. But you can pay through the app, and you set it up, and it will tell you when the clothes are done and when it's got like five or ten minutes left. So that way – a, it increases the productivity of the laundry machines, but it's really nice because you don't have to sit there with your right. laundry. You can go back to your campsite and chill out and do some stuff for an hour or so while your laundry gets cleaned, and then you can come back whenever it's yeah. done. I Honestly, I, I actually thought about, like, I would love to upgrade my laundry at home to just have it tell me on my phone when my laundry is done. I'm on another floor, so... It'll go all day, and I'll forget that I even put it up there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, it would be better so. if it could remind somebody else, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be would smart. Be great. I got to figure that one yeah. out still. I'm still trying to figure yeah. that one out. <laughs> it's a working process. <laughs> So, to go right along with facilities, we'll talk about bathrooms. Make sure you have clean yeah. bathrooms. Make sure your showers aren't yeah. nasty. That one's pretty self-explanatory. Make sure everything's yeah. clean. Um, and then also a camp store or a clubhouse. 
make sure that you have some area where again if they need to go buy stuff um, and it doesn't have to be a phenomenally big clubhouse or camp store but uh, put a little put a little camp store in there give some hats and some shirts and and go um, get some sewer or hoses. even just <laughs> yeah even just things that are necessary around the campground yep. you know whether that be phone plugs or always ice cream machines do yeah. well or ice cream uh, coolers, yeah. sorry, not yeah. machines. Uh, you know, drink machines are also big. Uh, in Ocean Lakes, I know our friends we usually go with, they go and use the drink machines every morning uh, to get a drink, which I don't quite know why, but they did it at one point. I don't remember why, if there was a reason for yeah. that, but they did. The little vending machine. Uh, but anyway, just keep your park nice and clean. Everything, don't let, don't be lazy with it. Don't let, you know, don't let the cleanliness be a turnoff to yeah. people. Because um, that's one of the worst things that we see. Especially when, uh, when it's windy out. When you see, sometimes you'll see stuff, trash, like gum wrappers or stuff flying around. You know, I don't want to see that. So, Get out here and pick it up. You know, your work campers are there for a reason. Um, they need to be picking it up. And that's... That's all a part of Just your kind image. of a pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. You know, di- at Disney, do you think that there's gum wrappers flying all around? Mm-hmm. No. They got all of it under control. Um, and they got work campers out there. But also to go along with that, make sure that your staff is friendly. Make sure that they are not rude. Yeah. Um, and have good customer service. There's so many opportunities that have good customer service. Uh, and your cancellation fees as well. Yeah. Uh, those are... I, I forgot I was going to pull this bad. up. I actually had a, an experience on the cancellation fee too, actually. I'll tell you about. Uh, one, uh, Chad was making a reservation for next summer in Maine. All right? So we're talking about what... Eight months from now, in Maine, which fills up like crazy in the summer. The reason he's making the reservations is because it fills up like crazy in Maine. So, he (laughs) called one campground, they were completely full. He checked with a second one. The second one, um, he was looking at the reservation policy online, because they didn't take reservations online. And they had their cancellation policy there on the form. The cancellation policy is that you have to pay for the site now and you get no money back if you cancel at any time. So if I make a reservation today and I want to cancel it later on in an hour and I'm eight months out knowing you're already going to be full, you're not gonna give me any of my money back. That's stupid. Needless yeah. to say, we're not going there. He picked another campground. Well, and here's the thing: is a people look at that before they right. book, as we did. Uh, but b, if you're gonna fill that site anyway, why can't you yeah. give the money back? It's yeah. dumb, and it's gonna make people look at your campground in the future that way as well. That. Well, I don't want to go there. They have, they don't have a good cancellation fee. You can't cancel if something right. were to come up. 
And if you're going to be booked, there's no reason yeah. for that. There's zero reason for that. And I'll so. give you the example of the other side of this now. The good. Uh, you talk about an opportunity for good customer service. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> I'm in South Carolina headed to Florida for the KOA conference. Tomorrow. Go check us out on KOA, November 16th through 17th. This episode will probably yeah. already be, be out but by then. But I hope then. you came with but tomorrow, but hopefully you came we were us. supposed to be in St. Augustine, Florida, which is right in the path of the hurricane. So they are evacuating right now. Uh, I called yesterday to find out, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. And honestly, I wasn't expecting to get a full refund. I, it was $100. I'd already paid it. Um, but I thought at least I want to give them the courtesy of letting them know I'm not coming. And I don't know what their policy is. I'd rather go visit them still at another time of the year. So maybe they'd let me change my reservation. I called and told her the situation. Told her we weren't going to be able to make it. Uh, because we had to be in Orlando the next day already. And she said, alright, I will just go ahead and refund that. Since we have the extenuating circumstances with the weather. Great move, son. Sun Resorts. Uh, so I definitely, I thanked her and told her that I was very appreciative and that I would definitely be back to visit that resort another day. So shout out, son. That was, that was a good move. Yep. Shout out. You know, you might not like them, but the customer service is the same thing where people, you know, they hate on Amazon. They say, well, Amazon doesn't treat their workers good. Amazon does this. Amazon does that. But then they still pay money from Amazon. Yeah. I never understood that. Like, it's the same type of thing. They say they hate stuff, but yeah. then, you know, Amazon, the reason people go to Amazon is because of customer right. service. So, right. so, you know, Amazon, you can return everything. They are they have very good customer service. Same thing with Zappos. That's another good company. Shout out yeah. Zappos. Um, they do yeah. the same thing. So, good so. job. Kudos to Sun. And yep. so make sure your cancellation but, policy makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And on the topic of like uh, coming back, circling back to work campers, picking up trash, uh, just make sure your environment's clean. The environment of your campground's very important. That's number six for our mm-hmm. 10 um, of our must-haves. But make sure the environment is nice. Don't let the trash fly around. Uh, Garbage piles, I know we've touched on this on numerous occasions <laughs> on this podcast. We've had, we've had this will be episode 8, I believe, and we have had probably, I want to say probably 5 or 6 of the episodes we've talked about garbage piles, so we won't go super in-depth into that, but don't let your garbage pile take over the environment of your park. Uh, but also, uh, signage is another thing that you might not even think of as an important environment piece but the signage in your campground uh, is really important because it's going to help you or help people navigate around your park whether that be dog park finding the dog park finding their site finding uh, where things are around the park where the garbage is where the uh, bathhouse is where the pool is where anything is Uh, one of the biggest pet peeves that we have from um, all of our time in camping it's navigation it uh and not just in the park but to the park yeah. uh, if there is going to be a spot where 
you know RVs should, there's two routes, and you know RVs should not go on the left, they should go on the right route. Don't send them on the left route. Make sure you inform them. Put it everywhere. Put it on the top of your website. Make sure they know when you book it. Uh, tell them which way to come in if there is a bad way to come in. Yeah, and I would even suggest on on the parks that have that one particular problem where there is a, a very uh, bad possibility if somebody goes the wrong way, you may want to be calling people that morning. Um, there are several campgrounds that will call us in the morning and say, hey, just wanted to check in, make sure you're still on track, and find out about when you think you might arrive so we'll be ready for you. And remind them early, say, hey, by the way, just want to make sure that you don't turn on this road that you know you need to come this way. And give them the full direction just to make them aware or point them back to an email or or remind them that it was in some other reference point they got as a refresher to make sure. Just saving people from that trouble is a good customer service move. Mm-hmm. And even just calling people in the morning and telling them like the exact words that you just said, like what 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 time do you think you're gonna get here? We're gonna, we want to have the site ready for you. It creates a welcoming feeling in your part yeah. that you know it subconsciously gives you better customer service. You, like you don't even think about it, but it, it also does. Gives me one little check off in my head. One of the worst things, mm-hmm. if you're one of those people who overthinks sometimes, is to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get there, and they're going to say my reservation was for some other day. That they don't have my reservation, and they didn't, they weren't expecting me, and they're full. You could go on and on with that scenario in your head. Everybody's experienced that <laughs> at one point or another. Yeah. So it will relieve a little pressure valve subconsciously for everybody that, oh yeah, they know mm-hmm. I'm coming. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, kind of moving off of the topic, let's talk about landscaping um, and kind of getting the landscaping right for your park. Obviously, you know, the basics, keep the grass mowed, right. you know, keep the trees cut, don't let the, don't keep the low-hanging limbs. Um, those are always annoying on the ta- yeah. tall parks, but... Um, Again, separation between the sites. That's another spot where landscaping is just an easy solution to uh, separating sites. Um, And shade. Shade is another big factor that you might not think of when you're building or buying a park. But uh, it's another thing that a lot of RV park owners really want to see um, is shade. We have a love-hate relationship with RVers and trees, okay? RVers hate low limbs. They hate being tied in, backing in next to a tree, hitting a tree. However, (laughs) there's nothing worse than pulling into a parking lot, campground, when you're expecting to have a shady evening outside. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So there is a happy medium there. Uh, No, we... I, on purpose, I don't want to go to a state park if I have a big rig because I know they're never going to cut down a tree. Uh, and it's going to be a navigational hazard. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I like to have my shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know um, one of our friends, he used to be a trucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he trucked for... Frito-Lay. What, Frito-Lay's? Yeah. Two million miles. Um, and 
and he had, I think was this this was his travel trailer, right? Yeah. I'm thinking it was his travel trailer wheel. where he had two slides. Yeah, he had a fifth yep. wheel. That was it. Uh, and he backed it into a site, and he backed it in, and he had a tree sitting in between the two slides that came out. He had a tree sitting the, like in between. And it. then on the other that side, that was like, and it was like inches away from the side from the side the of the camper. The other side, he had his awning out, and it was about a, an, less than an inch from a tree, <laughs> and it, he yeah. just shoehorned it right in there. Nobody wants to yeah. have to do that. Well, I mean, we could do it. We could do a whole. We could do a whole episode talking about truckers. <laughs> between that and you know the Budweiser man that used yeah. to come pull up at my school, or not at the school, but at the bus stop right. for the school. Our bus stop was right behind the Publix, and he would just whip that Budweiser <laughs> truck right in there. That was that guy was uh, that guy yeah. was a legend. But um, but you know, anyway, shade trees, yeah. just. Just do yourself a, a favor, and you know. And the other thing you can do, another big idea, is ask your your consumers what they think. Do they think there's enough trees? Do they think there's too many trees? Do they think they have enough privacy? Do they think they don't have enough privacy? What do they yeah. think? Um, and you know, this is kind of generalized for all campground owners, but ask somebody who's actually stayed at your campground what they yeah. think. Um, and it's going to be a lot better results yeah. um but but uh another thing that's really nice to have is activities um i know you went to hilton head island uh or was it hilton head island or hilton head motor coach H- hilton resort? head island motor coach resort yeah okay um and you went there and you want to tell about some of the sure. activities we had a lot of fun um the it was an owner's week, and we are not yet owners, but soon to be owners. We are buying a lot there. And they had activities planned out for the entire week. And even if you're not an owner, they have activities planned out there every week. But we played nickel bingo. Um, now, everybody's played bingo. Super easy. But nickel bingo was like a different kind of spin on it. And you brought your roll of nickels, and it was a whole different thing than a normal bingo card. Uh, it, it will be posted. I'll put a link down below. I actually have the rules and the scorecards or the bingo cards that you can print out and use at your campground. But this was a super easy game. You could play it for adults, for kids, whatever you want. And uh, very quick and fast. And it got people to know each other. So any park could do this. It doesn't take any... Um, Anything but having a seat to sit in uh, from an equipment standpoint and super easy to do. And we had a barrel of fun. Uh, so much so that, like I said, I created the cards so that we could take them in our camping trips in our RV and play them with our friends too. Um, hmm. But just having yep. some activities to get people in your campground to talk to each other Um is an amazing thing because ultimately you're again building an experience and that's what people want yep so the experience is kind of what you want to sell that's your sell point i hope you're enjoying this episode of campground compass please subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or youtube whatever your favorite is also we'd love to have you put a review out on apple podcasts or spotify 
and YouTube comments are appreciated. Alright, so now that we've discussed some of the easy things you can do, like nickel bingo and um, some of the smaller things, um, let's talk about some bigger picture things that you can do for activities. You can have um, themed event days, um, you can have holiday activities, you know, all those things are going to help bring community, uh, which is going to continue to bring revenue to your park. Uh, recently, you were at, what, Hilton Head Motor Coach Resort, right? Right. And they had a Pirate's Day for Owner's Weekend? Yeah, we had a pirate night. Uh, it was a Halloween celebration as well as uh, a big party, and everybody was supposed to come dressed as a pirate. And I was shocked about 90% of the people figured out some garb or went and got something to be dressed as a pirate. And there were probably 80 people there. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty good turnout. That, yeah, pretty good turnout. And I think people, um, especially after the pandemic, they're looking for ways to get back out there and socialize with people. And so these themed events bring like-minded people together really well. And allow people to meet new friends and really kind of, again, it heightens the experience. So um, we've seen Halloween. Uh, those are really big here in the south because that's when the weather starts to turn. So Halloween weekends are really good through the whole month of October. Um, see a lot of Fourth of July events, uh, barbecue cook-offs, chili cook-offs. It's about chili cook-off time here in the fall. Um so use your imagination and add in some things and try to create a tradition even for your campground to where you have a series of events. That yeah, I know like we have a tradition like every year. Um, well, in like December we go to the Keys because it's nice. But uh, we used to always go to Chester State Park in yeah. South Carolina, which is about an hour from here. Uh, and we would always go camp there for Halloween because the weather was really nice. And we had a big group of people that went and they had trick-or-treating. and. Right. Uh, that kind of stuff. So that was really fun. Um, and another thing you can do for activities that, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it before. I know we mentioned it a little bit in a previous episode, but I don't know if we've gone really in-depth on it. But the Campers app, uh, it's an app that can allow you to bring more people into your campground. Uh, it's going to have all kinds of activities and stuff. Uh, I know previously we talked about the dino hatching uh, yeah. activity for your kids that was an augmented reality that was pretty interesting um, and I know they got a bunch of really cool stuff going on over camp app, campers app uh, so you go check that out and see if there's yeah. anything you do in your park and and then the other again uh, anything in any business you really want to try to create a community of your followers or of like-minded people who like you because chances are if they all like you they have something in common right off the bat and they may like each other. So anything you can do to pull in and not just be little silos of people visiting your campground. Campers usually like to talk to other campers and they really want to learn about other people's journeys. So anything you can do to pull that bond tighter together through an event, through the app, through uh, building of community, whether it's based on holidays or even just based on a little game night or an ice cream social, um, you know, even, okay, here's another really super simple. Uh, a lot of times I've heard from campground owners, oh my goodness, doing events, I've got every other thing on my plate. It's kind of the last thing and I just don't have time. 
all right, you don't really have to have time. You just have to make a space. And people can form their own event. So what would happen if you had um, one, you know, usually there's some community place, like a pavilion, a picnic table, whatever. At six o'clock, it's uh, bring your dog and, and your brew, you know, um, or wine Wednesdays are very popular. Everybody brings their own stuff. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You just have to designate a place at a time and people will do their own event. So mm -hmm. keep it simple if you need to, but definitely dip your toe in the water and even if you have completely transient guests, maybe you're an overnight stop off of a highway, you could still do this. There are still going to be people there at 6 o'clock. So bring in and say it's Wine Wednesday, it's Walk Your Dog Tuesday, whatever it is. <laughs> people will yep. bring their own party no matter where they are. That's what camping is all about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all this stuff, it might not sound like uh, a big deal, but uh, a lot of people, especially during in certain campgrounds where there's not a lot to do uh, around the campground or overnight stays, it becomes even more important because yeah. people will remember your campground. If they had fun there doing something, they'll remember it. So uh, you got to make sure that they have fun. Yeah. Yep. That's um, all part of the experience, and that is what they're paying for. They're not just paying for a parking spot. <laughs> yep. So moving on to fun, or moving on with fun, um, the next category is fun. Uh, we are going to be talking pools and hot tubs. Those are just, a lot of campgrounds have them. They're really nice to have. Uh, a lot of people say, from what we've heard, that they want adult-only hot tubs or adult-only pools. Yeah. Uh, those are... And a lot of the Those parks, are a lot of times helpful. A lot of the parks, the hot tub is supposed to be adult only. However, yeah. it is not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you can separate off a little adult area, uh, especially if you have one of those family type parks where there's a lot of kids, um, you may want to have a little separate area to draw that other crowd who isn't interested in having the kids run and splash them all day at the pool. They just want to relax with a drink and uh, chill out with their friends for a little bit after a long day of driving. Um, give them an alternative. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I will tell you uh, uh, just one last point. I, uh, especially in the odd times of the year where the pool may not be quite warm enough or it may be too hot. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I go in the hot tub all the time. So uh, more places say, uh, well, no, we got a pool, but we don't need a hot tub. If you're going to invest in the pool, go ahead and add the hot tub. Yeah. I, you know, I'd rather be in a hot tub than I would in the pool 95% of the time. Yeah, there's a chair in there. <laughs> you yeah. get to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, next thing we'll touch on is playgrounds. Um they're kind of nice for to have for kids. Yeah. Uh, People are afraid then, about insurance on those, but you really shouldn't. Um, you know, do make sure your playground is safe. Uh, but think about, you know, when I was growing up, you wouldn't believe the playground equipment that we had and played on and we survived. We're still alive uh, for the most part. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Upgrade yep. that. So, it doesn't take much. Yeah. Um, and then ponds is the other thing. Um, 
the ponds are not only needed for landscaping, but also a lot of people want fishing ponds, yeah. um, which is another great amenity to have because I know a lot of my friends when we go camping, uh, we want to go fishing. We want to go experience the outdoors, and that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, so that's another important piece that's uh, an element that you can add on to your campground. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a pond um, and you don't have fishing near it, you ought to reconsider that. I know, again, a lot of people get afraid based on insurance things, but uh, there's water everywhere, and um, there are risks, obviously, for everything. But if you have that font, that little pond where a family could take a little kid over there and throw a fishing pole uh, out there, have a little picnic, or hang out for a little while, uh, again, you're building memories. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that's kind of what the goal of the whole campground industry is to build memories, um, to bring return customers to your park, yeah. build memories with them and uh, with their family. Yeah. So, um, and another thing we'll talk about is a guide. Um, you know, we went to Mountain Falls RV Resort. Uh, like did we go there? That was... Uh, you actually was, did make it to that one. Um, that was oh, yeah. right at the beginning of school, I think. And, uh, yeah. So we went in the fall. Uh, it's in mm-hmm. Lake Toxway, North Carolina, one of the top resorts in the country, uh, up on a mountaintop, and beautiful views and vistas there. Um, and I did a whole video about this on the Campground Accounting website, on, on the uh, YouTube and a blog post. But they uh, sent a guide before we got there, which I think is important, that had, uh, it was probably 15 pages. I've got it here. If you want a copy of it, shoot me an email. I'll send you a copy. Um, But it had probably 15 pages. It had restaurants nearby uh, in probably within an hour of there because they are in a little bit of a secluded location in the mountains. Uh, All the things to do, where to go hike and see waterfalls, what... Um, boat trips are around, uh, where you can go see breweries. Uh, they had the whole list. It was like a personalized trip advisor already made for me. And we went through that list before we went. And we had lined up activities of where we're going to go. So in a lot of cases, if you give that to people when they get to your park, then all of a sudden, I got to take like two days to figure out what I'm going to do. I'd rather have that pre planned. Um, a lot of people, mm-hmm. if they were just there on an overnighter and you gave that to them, they would, would read it late that night and be like, Man, I wish we had more time to do this stuff, but we're leaving in the morning. <laughs> Whereas yeah. if you'd sent it to them before their arrival, I'd say within that week before, three or four days at least before they got there. Give them a chance to look at that, and that is such great publicity for your park. Um, I can tell you Mountain mm-hmm. Falls has got a lot of publicity out of me on it, <laughs> yeah, and, and I've encouraged certainly. all of my clients. I've sent that to them, said, hey, you ought to create something like this. Put it on your website, too, so pe- anybody mm-hmm. can use it. and might draw a guest to your park if they happen to find you when they're searching for something that's in your guide. Yeah, so, yeah, um, the guides, those are really nice. Um, and they can encourage people to stay longer at your park, too. Absolutely. If they don't think that there's a lot there, and then you send them a guide, yeah, they might be like, well, we need more time. There's a lot of stuff to do here. Right. 
let's see what there is and if they have any more availability. And also, uh, if you have tours that people are booking, you know, a lot of times if you book the tour today, if you call today and you want to go in tomorrow, they might be booked already. They need time to get that lined up and make sure they can get in on that tour. Again, could extend their day, even if maybe they can't do it until one day after they were going to leave. They may extend their trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So these have been some great tips. Uh, I love these. Um, I agree with them. And I think every campground owner should run back through this, make a little list, um, get your ideas down, and figure out where your shortcomings are and where you really um, shine on this list. And make sure that all this stuff is included on your website. Yep. So to do a little quick recap, um, one is site. Two is utilities, water pressure, Wi-Fi, that kind of stuff. Uh, three is was pets, talking about dog parks, dog wash, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, facilities was number four. So having a clean bathroom, camp stores, clubhouses, that kind of stuff. Management, make sure you have good customer service was number five. Number six was your environment. Make sure you have good signage. Make sure uh, there's not trash flying all around. Um... And then number seven was landscaping. So trees, uh, make sure you have shade and privacy. Uh, number eight was nickel bingo uh, and activities like that. And also the themed events, the holidays. Uh, number nine was fun. Uh, all your pools, ponds, hot tubs, that kind of stuff. And number 10 was the guide. Uh, so where we talked about Mountain Falls. So uh, those are our 10 uh 10 must-haves for your campground. 10 things every RVer wants. Uh, but let us know what we forgot. Let us know that kind of stuff in the comments. Make sure you leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, and we'll be happy to respond. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, feel free, or any ideas, feel free to email us at hi at campgroundcompasspodcast.com. You can also check out our website, campgroundcompasspodcast.com. Um, you can follow me at Real Zach B on pretty much every platform. You can follow, you want to let them know where they can follow you. Uh, Campground Accounting is the best one to follow us on all the platforms and yep. on our website. Yep. So uh, feel free to check out the website. Also, Campground Compass on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter, all the platforms um, will be out there. So keep an eye out for us. We'll have some a lot of good things planned, a lot of good things coming your way. Uh, So keep your eyes open, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Campground Compass. I'm so glad you joined us. Check out the show notes and more of our seasoned advice at campgroundcompasspodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to explore the archives for previous episodes. And if you never want to miss a single audio adventure in four-season business growth, subscribe to this podcast here and on YouTube. If you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. Friends on social media, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Campground Compass. Until next time, stay savvy.